Right, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the ME7 podcast. Um, a lot earlier than uh, we usually would do a live one, so this is probably going to be more for people to listen back to on Spotify and um, and things like that, and it will be for a live audience, so to speak. But if you are listening on Spotify, hello. Uh, if you are joining us live, then uh, welcome, of course. Uh, not uh, exactly prime time for when we usually do these, so don't expect to be there uh, too many people listening in today. So, of course, if, if you are... Uh, I'm going to be listening back, then you're probably not in the uh, minority with that. Um, okay, so, uh, and also, I apologize for my voice, still overcoming a bit of a horrible cold over the past few days, but um, what better way to fix that than by talking about Gillingham losing 2-1 away at Doncaster Rovers uh, yesterday afternoon. I didn't go yesterday for obvious reasons, as you could tell, also for the reason that we never, ever, ever win at Doncaster, and I've been there so many times that I didn't want to... See if that would be a, a turning point, and as as it turned out, it wasn't. Um, yeah, let's, let's let's get into the game and let's let's talk about it for what it was, which was a really disappointing defeat given the circumstances. Um, a game that I think before the two previous home games, I looked at these three games and thought it's a good opportunity on paper for nine points. But if we were to take seven, then I would have been very happy with it. Regardless, we've taken six, which still you know by no means a bad a bad return, all things considered, but. The, uh, the defeat yesterday was uh, already really disappointing when it really was, given the, the circumstances in the game, the fact that we were given chance after chance after chance to uh, take the lead in the second half specifically. We had chances in the first half as well. Not that Doncaster weren't without chances themselves, but having watched the game back, it did we, we did have some really guiltless chances and they weren't just you know half chances where you think maybe you're a bit unlucky. There were, there were chances where you, you simply have to score at this level. And if you don't take your chances... You know, we saw firsthand what happens. You lose the game, and you know, we only have ourselves to blame for that. I think if we're being completely honest with ourselves, so let's not take away anything from uh, the finish that we did win the game. It's a you know fantastic strike from from Ben Close, his second of the afternoon, uh, a lovely uh, lovely finish in the first half, an indirect free kick right in the corner, and then you know the goal itself. We could do more to prevent it defensively. It's very very easy for him to get the angle and get the space, take the shot on ball, come onto that ball, and we actually get into the debrief of the game, but fantastic strike regardless from uh, from Ben Close. Uh, Matt, let's get into this um, straight away because we know it's going to be a bit of a painful one. Um, firstly, how, how are you feeling? I know you haven't done your uh, your video yet because I think you have some problems with your laptop so people can look forward to that tomorrow. But uh, before we get into the usual of uh, the team sheet and things like that, how, how are you feeling after after that yesterday? Is a bit of a, not just because it was in, in, in injury time, but given how the game went, it was a bit of a gut punch of a result, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I to be honest, before the, uh, the, the that weldy of a goal went in, I kept thinking, do you know what, a, a point here is actually is decent, and look, we're gonna. I, I, I think we dominated them yesterday. Um, bearing in mind that wasn't our full strength team. Um, obviously, it was a slightly different formation that Neil decided to go with. Yeah, it's a bit heart wrenching, but to, you know, but to lose to a goal like that that we uh, that we uh, we conceded yesterday, yeah, it was a worldie, and you know, fair play to the lad. He, he had one uh, last week, didn't it? it? Was meant to be a cross, I think it was that went in the back of the net, but you know, he struck that well, and you've you've got to do well to beat Jake Turner, and and that was a that was a cracking strike. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, it was as I realised after the game it was Doncaster's first uh, win at home this season. Uh, obviously, their first. Win came last week against uh, Forest Green. So obviously, whenever a team are in need, whenever they need their first win of the season, whenever they need, they need the first away win or their first home win, or haven't scored a goal in a while, you can always rely on Gillingham to help them get over the line in that sense. And once again, we did the charitable work and allowed that to happen, which is you no know, great for us. Um, but yeah, let's get into the team because obviously we were missing a lot of notable players. George Lapsey um, turned out he's closer than expected. So actually, returning, he was. Not far away from being involved on the bench yesterday, he did travel up. I understand it was a last-minute decision by the medical team to not involve him uh, yesterday. So George was actually pretty close to being involved. But the good news is, by that counter, it sounds like he'll be he'll be fine and ready to go again next week, which is a positive. Um, Johnny Williams also missed out, but another minor injury. He's expected to be back next week, so that left along with, of course, um, Dom Jeffries and Timmy Yang, who we already knew about, who wouldn't be involved. That left the team. Um, as follows, so Jake Turner, Che Alexander, Shad Ogie, Max Amar came in to make it a five at the back alongside Conor Marston. And then uh, Scott Malone, of course, filling in, well, not filling in, but playing in his 
usual left back role, so a change of uh, formation for a start, which you know was the biggest inkling that we were changing the system due to injuries, and then obviously we had uh, Ethan and Sean Moore as a forward, Scott and Che to be fair, more than a five if you like, and then a front three of Conor Mahoney, Tom Nichols, and Macaulay Bond, which. On the outset of it, I, I saw the the reasoning behind it. Obviously, when you're missing, you know your two number tens, it, it forces you around a little bit. We could have played Jaden Clark there, perhaps, but then that takes an option off the bench. We only really had two of them in attacking sense with him and Ashley Addison. So, yeah, you know, I didn't really have many problems with the the lineup because I think it was more needs mustard. I think we would have gone to a five if we had those players available because we've not played a five all season. So, you know, forced hand if you like in terms of the. Uh, the profile of player we had to go with in this game. But even so, I did look at the team and I thought, you know, man for man, it should really be enough for a team to go to Doncaster and, and get all three points on paper. Obviously, the game's not played on paper. We all know that. But from the outset, Matt, it did still look a, a strong enough team to go and get a positive result. Yeah, it really did. Uh, I thought the, the, the team, obviously, on paper was quite attacking uh, going forward. Obviously, noticeably, you know, straight away, we, we, you noticed obviously Johnny Williams wasn't even named on the bench. And I think it turns out it he was just ill. You know, uh, that, that's all it was. Nothing too serious again. So hopefully he'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. But yeah, say on paper, the team looked really good going forward. I thought this could be a, a you know, good opportunity for us to go there and, and, and get three points. Um uh, obviously, and I think Dom's back on the tra- uh, the training pitch. Hopefully, he's not going to be too far out. As said, obviously, as you said, George Lapsy was travelled up with the guys, and um, so again, hopefully, he's not going to be too far out. Obviously, we've got the game against Dartford next week, uh, which will hopefully uh, give a uh, give some of the guys a, a few minutes on the pitch to 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 get some match fitness back. But yeah, I said on paper that team looked very strong going into the game, and yeah, I, I was pretty happy with with what we had. Obviously, apart from the fact we could only name. Uh, six subs. Yeah, so a bit of an issue we've seen for the past couple of years in terms of naming subs sometimes. Uh, but yeah, as we said, the game is not uh, played on paper, and uh, we found that out. Of course, we did. Um, I think the most annoying thing is when, when we come to like, the full game in general is that we've played a lot worse and managed to get results. But obviously, that's not always going to come across and help you every single game. But um, we'll go through the Doncaster lineup as well. Just to give people some uh, some further context into the two teams. Um so obviously I've said our lineup there. Doncaster lined up with Louis Jones in goal, back five with Tom Nixon, Tom Anderson, Joseph Olawu, Owen Bailey, and Luke Molyneux as wing backs. This is according to Sky, by the way, so if that's wrong position otherwise, don't judge me. Uh Ben Close obviously got both of the goals. Harrison Biggins, Zane Westbrook, Mofal and Louis Marsh up front. When I looked at that team, I was quite surprised there was no um no Joe Ironside in the starting eleven. He did come on later on in the game, so maybe it was a slight fitness issue. I'm not entirely sure, or just a change of uh, change of tactics. Um, but um, yeah, Grant McCann picks his team, and you know he knows better about his team than I do. So I don't know too much about why um, he wasn't involved in the starting eleven, but he did come on. But regardless of that, um, yeah, the game started at blistering pace, didn't it, Matt? The first chance falling to us, and I think this is going to be the first bullet point in a, a long conversation of. Um, Chances for Macaulay Bond in particular. Um, Macaulay, we've we've said over the past couple of games, he's worked really hard. He's been at the, at the forefront of a lot of good things we've done going forward in terms of creating chances. But yesterday certainly wasn't his his game in front of goal, was it? Let's just put it that way. Um, this chance came about when um, when the ball came into the box. It was initially cleared. I think the ball was played into the Doncaster midfield. I think the ball was potentially a bit behind him, whether it was aimed for. We nicked him. The ball was then played to Macaulay Bond. He's on the right side of the box, advances into the box, and he's got a good chance to strike it at goal. Looks to be heading towards the bottom corner of his strike, but the strike is just, it's, it's so tame, isn't it, Matt? There's, there's no real power on it at all, and it's it, its a very, very simple save um, for, for Louis Jones in the Doncaster goal, and it was an opening, an opening where, you know, if you can get ahead very early on in the game against a team who have struggled for results this season, it does put a bit of a marker down and it would have been a really good opportunity for us to stamp our authority on the game and then, you know, do our best to not take it away from but take firm control of the game and you no know, chances like that. I'm not I'm not saying, you know, we have to score, it's a it's a simple chance. It's not simple, we still have to beat the goalkeeper from a bit of an angle, but you've got you've got to be putting putting more into the strike than that. It is a very, very tame effort. It looked like it only just made made its way to the goal in the end. It was so tame. But um, yeah, was, we'll come on to more of Macaulay later on because unfortunately there is more to talk about in terms of uh, some uh, strikes from him that didn't go as planned. But 
yeah, it was a, it was a really, really poor effort, wasn't it, for McCauley? It's one of those ones that you just want to want him to put his laces through it and just hit it as hard as he can, and it didn't help. It didn't, you know, it didn't happen. It obviously didn't help that it was, uh, you know, within the first couple of minutes of the game. Uh, I'm not trying to, you know, give him any excuses here or anything like that. But yeah, I just wanted him to, yeah, as you said, just put his foot foot through it and 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 leather it at the goal. I mean, he did in the second half, which we'll come on to later. But again, that went over. Uh, But um. I think what you're seeing there, and I think you're seeing it, it's a, a striker who has, is, I'm not saying lacking in confidence, but j- just lacking in, in, in the goals. He's not played, obviously, for, for a while. Uh, but what we've noticed, I, I'm a fan of McCauley Bond. I really do like him. I, I do think he will come good for us. I just think at the moment it's taking a bit of time. You know he's he's got in he got in so many good positions yesterday. He just didn't find the back of the net. But I've got a feeling that once one will once one goes inside, then sort of the rest will follow. And I can only hope, obviously. But look, that that first effort, yeah, just just put your laces through it and yeah, smash the ball as hard as you can. I think that that was what you, you we all wanted. And yeah, obviously it just p rolled into the goalkeeper's hands, didn't it? Yeah, it was a finish that lacked any real conviction, to be honest. It didn't. It looked as though he was sort of caught in two minds, whether he wanted to try and place it or just place it. And in the end, sort of did, you know, not a lot with it and sort of ended up, but it was more of a pass than anything else, which is really frustrating. But Doncaster then had their big chance. Obviously, the game very, very frantic at the start. We obviously missed the opportunity. And then Doncaster go up the other end. Shadrach Oji gets the ball into midfield. It's nipped off the feet of, I think, even Coleman. And I think it's Max Amor who tries to step up. I think he's a bit late to stepping up with, with Shad and uh, Connor. Gets caught and the ball goes through to uh, Fowl, who races through on goal. Jay Turner comes out quickly, does well. And um, you know, Fowl, very, very quick player and on on that strike, but just couldn't really get enough on it. And it was a, a good a good save from Jake. Managed to get it around out for a throw-in. But it was you know, a sign that it was going to be quite an open game from the start, I think, Matt, because, you know, two guilt-edged chances already for both teams inside the first first five minutes or so, and neither of them were able to put any away. Um, hold on. Newcastle just scored an eighth against Sheffield United. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just you know, one of those games where, as, as, I suppose if you're a neutral, you think you're going to get your money's worth this afternoon, seeing the amount of chances have been created so early on. But, you know, we were lucky to get away with that much like Doncaster. I suppose we're lucky that we weren't clinical at the other end. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a frantic start to the game, wasn't it? And, you know, it, it kind of set the tone that although we thought we'd be dominating and going forward and creating chances, that we still here and there do show that a bit of vulnerability at the back. And it was, from a defensive point of view, a very easy chance to carve out. Maybe a little lack of communication from the centre ask. I think it is Max who steps forward a bit late compared to the other two defenders, which means foul was played on side. And, you know, those are the sort of basics you need to work on. And, you know, there's another basic we're going to talk about in just a second. But, um, yeah, in terms of that chance, it was a good save from Jake again, but a bit too easy from my point of view, don't you think? Oh, I, I did a classic Matt and didn't hit the unmute button. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously in that, you know, the first five minutes to have sort of two guilty chances for both teams, it's not something you expect. And look, both in theory, you've got to say both teams should have done better for, you know, for both chances. Yes. Um, it was a big save, uh, obviously from 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 Turner. It's what you expect him though to make, and uh, you know, obviously I'd, apart from the two goals, I think Jake Turner did have a, a, a very good game yesterday. He pulled off a couple of really good saves throughout the entire game. Um, but yeah, so it's what you expect him to make in the first couple of minutes of the game. Yeah, and this is when we get to, um, I suppose, the, the first. I don't think it's a controversial moment because I've watched it back and I do think it was the right decision, although it wasn't particularly clear at the time from the first uh, viewing. But um, a ball's played over the top from uh, Doncaster. Max Samer and Jake Clark, uh, Jaden Clark, um, Jake Turner are very, very close to each other. It seemed, I, I've, I don't think it was an intentional pass back from Max. I think he's probably trying to get down to sort of chest it back to, to Jake considering how close they were at the time, perhaps. But I think maybe he just misjudges the ball, gets his body positioning a bit wrong and it just goes off his foot or his leg and, and then Jake obviously picks it up in close proximity, which I, I don't know if he had enough space to hack it clear. I think the player was right behind, right in front of him. So you suppose he run the risk of maybe taking him out and giving away a penalty, but he did indeed pick it up. It was a back pass from, from Max. It wasn't clear at the time, as I said, but I haven't watched it back. It does look like it 
was whether it's intentional or not, it was a back pass, and you know, it's it's, it's really frustrating to talk about, to be honest, because I think if you're Max in that position and you know you're not sure, I think just hoof it out for a throw in, be safe, don't take the risk of you know maybe knowing it might lead to a back pass, just hoof it out, take the throw in, and we can you know regroup, but. You know, it was played back to Jake. He did pick it up, and then obviously a free kick was given inside the area and direct, of course, to Doncaster. You know, let's give credit to, to Ben Close here because he still has a lot to do. It's uh, peeled off by um, Zane Westbrook, I think it was. Uh, might be wrong on that. And then Close rifles it into the bottom corner and you know, near post to Jake Turner. He'll be disappointed in that, but at the same time, it's inside the box. He has a lot of players around him. His view wouldn't have been that great. And, you know, it's posted stamp into the bottom corner from, uh, from Close. It's a great finish, not his first of the. Uh, Afternoons will come up to, but it's you know we talked about how that chance earlier for foul was avoidable from our point of view. This situation certainly is one of them. I've looked at it again, and I think Max probably, if he's not certain, should just boot it out for a throw in and be a bit safer with it, and you know, we can regroup. But you know he doesn't do that. He tries to get it back to Jake, probably with his chest, misjudges it, and obviously Jake picks up and they score from the result in direct free kick. But again, it's a it's a very avoidable goal from our point of view, Matt, isn't it? Yeah, I think obviously Max does need to hold his hands up and, and and take full responsibility for that because as an experienced defender, you know, I think you're right. If you if you feel like you've got somebody bearing down on your back, you, you know, get it out. Try not to obviously, uh, you know, sort of get it away from the goals. Obviously don't, uh, you know, sort of get, try and get any, body, uh, any foot on it or anything because Jake, all can Jake can do in that situation is pick up the ball. There's no way he'd be able to clear it because if he would try to kick it, it would just cannon off one of the players and probably go towards the goal. So, yeah, you know, Jake has to ultimately take one for the team there and and give away the free kick. But look, again, it's a mistake that it's not going to happen that often. It's not going to be happening every single game. Um, I, You know, you can put it maybe down to the fact Max hasn't played for the last couple of games and maybe there was just a little bit of lack of communication between the two. I I, I don't know, but ultimately when, once they've got the free kick, they've still got to go ahead and score it. And, and they did. I mean, I don't know if it did take a slight deflection off one of the, uh, uh, the defenders or not, but again, look, ultimately they've, they've got the free kick. They've still got to score it. We've still got to try and defend it. And, and we, we were unable to do that. And obviously, yeah, look, it was, I think, a bit of a shock for them to be going one nil up at the time, but ultimately, you know, yeah, they scored the goal. They were one nil up, and we have to turn around and fight back. Yeah, we certainly did, and this is where you know we look at the game back and we look at all the chances we did have and how disappointing the result was in terms of that. Because you know, straight after that, we had a couple of chances in, in quick succession. You know, the first one comes only only a couple of minutes really after the goal went in, and that was uh, when we had the, the corner routine um, played in. Uh, played into the box caused by Conor Mahoney. He got the assist for the eventual goal uh, later on in the game and obviously the assists for, uh, well, pre-assist, if you like, for the Lapsley goal last week and obviously scored the belt himself in his, to win us the game. Um, he played the, the corner in. Martinson gets around the back post, heads it back across and then Sean Williams is out the back post with a header from... You know, I, I, This is an interesting one for me because I've watched it back and I sort of look at it and I have the point of view of... Well, he said that more or less onto the crossbar. I think the keeper might have just got his hand onto it to tip it onto the crossbar. But from the angle he was at, I don't think there was really much more he could have done with it than place it where he did. I think he's he wasn't really in the sort of space where he had time to sort of arrow it into a corner or anything like that. I think it was just about the first contact and trying to direct it as best he could. And I think it goes down as a big chance, of course it does, because you know, the position he's in. But at the same time, I think... He, he, could he have done much more with it really I suppose in hindsight he'll be thinking he could have maybe angled his body a little bit better to try and get more purchase on it more direction but from what I saw it looked as though he just sort of headed it into the one area he could and it's a good save and the keeper tip it onto the crossbar and then you know may as well cover both of these in the same in the same breath per se um you know just around eight or so minutes later there was another chance where Coleman uh, ran down the byline, of course, in towards uh, Macaulay Bond. He laid it off uh, for Williams and then into the path of Malone, who had a bit of a half volley, more or less, on the D, just outside the box, and it was straight down the gullet of the goalkeeper. He had a lot of time, and not the goal at his mercy, per se, of course, but he had a lot of you know, options in terms of where he wanted to direct the effort and try and challenge the goalkeeper into making a smart save, and really it wasn't the situation where... 
you know, the keeper had to do much work. He didn't have to really move either side because Malone sort of just hit straight down his gullet and it was an easy catch. But I'm sure he'd be looking at that. Somebody scored a lot of great goals his career, of course, and I think he could have done better more direction-wise. So it did show him that even after the first goal went against us, there were still two chances in quick succession, which, you know, began... <coughs> excuse me, began... Um, the theme of the game, really, from our point of view, chances that we should have done better with that could have got us into the game, back into the game a lot earlier. And then the, the, the depiction of the game could have been a lot different. But, you know, this is all lifts and butts. And this is the, unfortunately, the theme of what this podcast is probably going to be. And, you know, there's just some instances in the first half alone. After conceding the first goal that, you know, we had a lot of chances. And again, if you don't take them, you get what you get. And those are just two examples of chances that we probably on another day should and would have taken that. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, we've been crying out for weeks and weeks, you know, previous saying, you know, we want to, you know, yes, we, we've been great solid defensively, which which has been great, but we, we've not been creating enough chances. And, and the thing is, we, we've created some really good chances in the last sort of two games. And it's just been unfortunate that they haven't fallen to us. I mean, the, 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 the header from Shawnee and Jarrett, I mean, there was literally nothing else really he could, could have done. And, you know, in that situation, it, if it sneaks in, great. Otherwise, you're hoping it's going to bounce back off the bar and maybe fall to a teammate in the box. Um, the uh, uh, Mahoney effort, again, you're right. I just felt like he kind of almost rushed his shot a bit. He had a bit more time. Maybe nobody was communicating. Maybe nobody let him know. But we are creating chances. We are getting it into good spaces. They're, we're not, they're not all going to fly in. Here's the thing, you know, you look at most games that, you know, any football team plays, even if you create 20 chances, you might only score two goals. You know, that's a one in 10 ratio. So, look, uh, you know, yesterday, I think we had 15 chances. I think uh, I think I saw the stats wise. Um, look, we're creating chances, which is good. We are getting to the correct spaces. I mean, the goal, which obviously we're going to talk about, I think was a brilliant Brilliantly worked, uh, worked goal. Um, I, I think it will come. I, I think it's 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 close, but it's just not there yet. And unfortunately, yesterday, yeah, it wasn't there. Certainly wasn't. And uh, unfortunately, it's time uh, for another uh, mention of Macaulay Bond. Um, hopefully, the next podcast we do, we're, we're talking about Macaulay Bond with uh, glowing references. But um, unfortunately, this isn't the episode for that. Um, this was another chance from uh, for McCauley when balls played into his path inside the box. He turned inside and got a shot away at a goal. Jones, the keeper, made the save, fumbled it a little bit, and managed to keep the ball um, in his grasp. And it was another effort where McCauley sort of spun on it, but didn't really get much purchase on the shot. It was pretty tame once again. And, you know, he had two tame efforts in the first half. He had one rasping effort in the second half, which, you know, was probably the easiest chance of them all. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a tame strike from McCauley with a fair amount of space uh, to his advantage inside the box. And again, again you just got to make the keeper work in those scenarios. I know he did force a save, but it was a it was a simple one from Jones, not one he had to do a lot of work with. And it just sort of was one of those situations where, you know, you're watching it and you think, how many chances are you going to be given to, to you know, get back in the game at this point? And how many you're not going to take? And the more, you know, as, as a football fan, the more, you, more chances you see, the more chances you see not taken, you do get that impending sense of dread I suppose that it's not going to be your day and that was another unfortunate opportunity that went amiss for McCauley Yeah this is what I said earlier I think just for me it's, it's screaming a, a, a player who you know who hasn't scored in a while who, who who wasn't at full match fitness you know literally got to think about it. When, when we signed him he hadn't had a pre-season I don't know um, obviously, how well he kept, uh, how fit he would have kept himself, you know, not not uh, training at all. But I generally believe once it falls for him, once it does go in, it will start happening for him. Um, but again, it was another poor effort. And he's getting in the right spaces, which is the the great thing. He's just got to convert, and once he's in those spaces, well, yeah, that's the thing. No, none of us are writing off McCauley, but uh, you got to be you got to be ruthless, I suppose, sometimes, and say that you can get into as many good places if you want. But if you're not putting the ball in the net, it's redundant. And I do have the faith that that he will get into those spaces. But um, just before we we get on to um, we we bypassed it um, somewhat, so apologies for that in the actual rundown of the game. But I did want to mention um, just before we get on to the equaliser, there was a 
great moment uh, in the 28th minute, I think it was, maybe 26th. I do, do apologise if I'm incorrect on that. But, um, 28. 28. 28. Okay, good. Um, yeah, there was a great moment in the 28th minute where obviously everyone uh, listening and everyone connected to Gillingham will be aware of um, the tragic loss of a uh, Jules fan, Caden uh, O'Dor, during the week. Um, uh, untimely death at the age of uh, age of 28. Um, left behind it, a young daughter and a and a, and a partner as well. So, um, firstly, all our condolences from everyone at the M7 podcast. Go to go to Kane and uh, Kane's family and, and and friends. Everyone obviously affected. Um, and we do want to say as well um, a massive thank you to everyone um, involved in in Doncaster Rovers Football Club who put the the photo of Kane on um, the big screen yesterday during the game in the eighth minute to show um, show um, their solidarity, I suppose, with the, with the, with the loss of Kane. And then uh, it was something that was. Massively appreciated by all the Jules fans who were there in attendance. There's a big round of applause going around at the time, as as is um, much welcomed, of course. Yeah, considering uh, the um, <coughs> apologies, the um, horrible circumstances, and it was um, a really good moment to uh, celebrate the life of uh, of Kane. And um, obviously, the result didn't go our way, and I'm sure he's he's up there frustrated about that, as we all are at the minute. But um, bigger picture is that. Um, you know, Doncaster, a real, real touch of class for them to uh, to do that, and uh, it's very much appreciated by everyone at um, at Jules and all all the fans. Uh, and uh, Matt, and you know, as much as a disappointing podcast this is talking about a defeat, it's important that we we shine a moment, uh, shine a light on this uh, on this great moment in the game, and uh, thank everyone involved with Doncaster for the participation in in allowing this to to happen as well. Yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful moment. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, unfortunately, I, I wasn't at the game. I was watching it at home. But, um, you know, as soon as sort of 28th minute came and everyone started uh, clapping, you know, it was such a beautiful moment. I said, and even for the fact that the Doncaster fans joined in as well, um, a massive respect to them. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I say, unfortunately, the result didn't go our way. But, I, you know, I'm you know, I'm sure Kane and, and uh, his family and friends are, you know, I'm truly thankful for for the the respect that uh, Doncaster fans uh, sort of shown him during the 28th minute. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you again for everyone at uh, Doncaster involved in that. Um, was highly appreciated. But um, yeah, just before um, we get to half time, there was the, uh, the 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 one positive on field moment I suppose we can think of, Matt, and that was uh, the equaliser that came on the stroke of half time via Connor Masterson's big head. Uh, a corner swung in from Conor Mahoney, another excellent delivery from him. We know he's prone to that now. We've seen it a lot in recent games. Floating towards the back post, Conor uh, Masterson loses his marker, runs onto the ball. It's a, it's a really, uh, really, really nice header from Conor. He runs around the back post on a pose, just sort of doesn't bullet header into the net, much like the one against Barrow at the end of last season. It's more of a controlled finish with his head into the far corner to get his equaliser right on half time. And you know, there's two great things about this goal, really. Firstly, the routine, the great delivery and great running off the off his player from Connor and the great header, but also the the timing of the goal. You know, if you're an opposition team the and you're leading going into half time, probably the worst thing you can do is concede straight on the um straight on the edge of the whistle for that for the break and you know, because that gives everyone else in your position team a massive lift, which I thought it would do for us. I thought we'd get that goal as we did right on the stroke of half time and it would give us a massive boost and we'd go into the change room with a more invigorated um, mindset than perhaps we would have done if we were going in at one nil down. But um, we'll come on to why that didn't exactly work, I suppose. But um, yeah, in terms of the goal itself, mate, is a great deal from Connor, which we've um, seen a lot of recently. He's very good from dead ball situations and, you know, a great header from, from the other corner as well, Marston, to, to get us back level and, you know, went into half time with a renewed optimism after that. Absolutely, it was a it was a great uh, r- uh, routine. Um, obviously, I'm guessing they've worked on it on a training pitch because, uh, yeah, it was, uh, in fact, it, it was pretty much almost the same routine that we had seen when the we saw the Williams header. Obviously, that time uh, Musson headed it back across the goal, uh, but this time, actually, when I, I've, I've watched a replay of it, um, the way he actually bullies and sort of gets around his marker is brilliant because uh, he, you know he's he's a big guy, Masterson, and 
you know, he's he's managed to bully this guy out of the way, get in front of him, get his head on the ball, and and ultimately, when you're that far away, if you put enough power and pace on the ball, it's going to fly straight into the back of the net. And obviously, it, it flew in. It was a, a great goal. I, I understand as well. Um, I, I, you forgive me, I, did, I didn't catch his name, but I did see during the interview that obviously um, somebody close to Connor had passed away, and he had dedicated that goal to him. I think so, it was. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember the name. I think it was one of his coaches in Irish football. Yeah, it was a it, it was a coach. I I heard it was a coach, um, but yeah, obviously I, I I didn't can't remember his name. Apologies, but um, yeah. So obviously that was a uh, great for him to get it. But look, again, it was it, we've seen it. If we've got somebody with um, uh, uh, Conor Mahoney's ability to uh, from dead ball situations, picking the balls in like that, if we can get players free, if we can get movement in the box like that, you know, we're going to get chances and. Uh, obviously, the, the the first one he he managed to head it back across the goal and said this one he's managed to head it at goal and with power and pace and yeah it was nobody was stopping it even if you had somebody on the line I think it would have uh, taken their head off it was a uh, it was flying in that one yeah it's a great great goal to get us level at a great time as well I'm sure Neil Harris would have come into the uh, to the change room at half time and said right boys we got ourselves back into the game now deservedly so in in my personal opinion after the chances and we can really go into the second half now and try and find that moment to take the lead and then obviously given how good we are we do take the lead it would have been quite difficult for Doncaster to get into the, back into the game and I think that goes for most teams in the division to be honest because when we take the lead in games we very very rarely give it up apart from last week funnily enough but um, we took the lead again and that was fine after that but it was I expect us to come out not, not all guns blazing because obviously if you do that you leave yourself massively open to counter attacks and things like that but I thought we'd take a lot of control in the second half and create a lot of chances and I think, I think we did for the first, certainly the first 20, 25 minutes or so of the second half. Probably the, the biggest chance of that moment came just after the hour mark, Matt, when Malone took it on the stride of the left wing as the ball played out uh, by the Doncaster defence. I think Malone got there before their winger, had a lot of space on the left-hand side, cut into the box, sat it up on the, um, the far side. Connor, Connor Marston takes a touch, just about keeps it in. Hoops it back towards McCauley Bond, who for, for this one, I will give him a bit of leeway because the ball is behind him. He has to readjust his body, wax the ball, full pelt. But yeah, at the same time, I'll give him the pass. But Matt, I'm, I'm sorry to say, he, he simply has to score, in my opinion. I think it is slightly behind him, but he turns on the ball. He's about seven or so yards out and he just smashes it over the bar. I think given the power he's got on the ball, I think if he hits the target, I think he scores. And I think he, from that position, I think he... He simply has to miss the, tar- miss the target. And I don't think that's down to bad luck on this occasion. I think it's just down to really poor finishing. And I think as much as I want to give him benefit of doubt and things like that, I think that was the chance of the game for me for McCauley. I think he just had to score. Yeah, I think I think it was a frustrated shot. Um, that's that's the way I would try and explain that one off. It, it just... It, it, I, th- I think, you know, he's, he's so desperate to score... You know, when the ball's coming at you, you can hit it with so much power and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to smash this in, but he, he's, he's hit it too hard. The one time you don't want to smash the ball as hard as possible because the ball's only going to fly up in that situation. When when you hit the balls behind you, it's only going to fly up. And it's just a sign of a, a sort of a frustrated player who knew he had had a couple of really other good chances in the game. Uh, this was kind of the moment and... Yeah, he's 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 just blazed it over the bar from here, yeah, seven yards out. And I, I, I honestly, he'll score one. It, it it will come off his backside or or something stupid like that. He'll score one, and I've got a feeling it will click because we've seen it before. He's he is a talented, talented striker. He can score goals. It's just at the moment it's not happening for him. And I just think that once it does, I, I think we'll have a, a really good player on our hands. Well, thank, thankfully for Cooley Bond, this is the last chance, I believe, that he had in the game. So we, we, we'll be able to cut him slack for the rest of the episode. But again, it, he has to score, simply has to score. Um, you know, he, he was given more chances than a policeman with memory loss. Um, it just was one of those days for McCauley where opportunity after opportunity, but it, it just didn't happen. On other days, he was a hat-trick, but today, uh, yesterday, unfortunately, was not that day. And, um, God, my voice is carrying me through just about. I'm, you know, it's not easy, but I'm trying. Um, get some, get some lemsit. Well, I've got, I've got to get it back by Tuesday because, um, well, I'll, I'll give a bit of a clue at the end. But regardless, um, 
Um, yeah, six seven minutes in, uh, there was another half chance. Well, not a, not as clear cut a chance as the other ones. We will we will say. Um, Alexander the ball back into the box, collected by Conor Marston, who already had got a goal course at this point. Tight angle, but just about missed the target. This is one I wasn't really going to talk about, but I suppose it does go down as a chance, as I say, Matt. Not a chance of the calibre of the McCauley bomb one, and it, you know, got to take into account Conor Marston is of course a centre half, but another slight opportunity. But you know. I want to be, I don't know, I've got some Doncaster fans listening. I do want to obviously point out their chances as well in the half and they're not sound like I'm being overly biased, even though I do think we have the vast majority of chances, especially in the second half. But there was a big, big chance for Donny and around the 70th minute or so, I believe it was, um, across was put into the box. I think it's Bailey who gets his head onto it at the far post. It's a really, really strong header. And Jake Turner, he does exceptionally well, not just to save it, but to keep hold of it as well. You know, you see... On the replay, Scott Malone sprinting to try and get back onto the line because he thinks he's going to be palmed away. And even he looks a bit confused when he realises the ball hasn't come back out. And Jake Turner gets hold of it. And I like this save a lot, Matt, because it's not only is it a massive chance of Donny and one that could have put us behind a bit earlier in the game, but the fact that he's able to have a header come at him that strong with, with loads of pace and managed to keep hold of it as well, I think there's really, really strong goalkeeping from Jake. England's number one. England's England's not so, sorry sorry yeah um no it was a it was a brilliant save actually because um it, it was it's definitely what I'd like to call a te- television save uh, you know sort of flying through the air but yeah to keep both both hands on it um I, you know he, he could have so easily just parried that out straight to the path of another oncoming coming Doncaster Rovers player who would have just had a nice easy tap in but yeah kept both hands on it, it was a it was a great save actually and um um yeah, I I I do like the uh, the call swingers as number one, but potentially there is a future uh, England number one in there. You never know. You never know. Quite possibly. Congratulations, of course, for his new contract as well. Um, we are nearing the end of uh, of the game, but um, yeah, let's um, let's get on towards the closing stages now. Um, there were a few subs made by Jules. Uh, Rob McKenzie came on to replace Sean Williams, and before that, Ashton Anderson replaced uh, Tom Nichols. Who had one of his quieter games in a Jules shirt, and. Um, yeah, it um, became sort of back back and forth. Really. Neither side were creating any clear-cut chances. We were still having the vast majority of the ball in their half and trying to create chances, but it just wasn't happening for us. And then the decisive moment on the 87 minutes, this is a goal that I'll give credit for, but also really, really frustrating me because it's a throw-in from the far side. And when it's thrown into Ben Close, the amount of space he has is absolutely criminal from a defensive point of view. You should never, ever be allowed that much space to just waltz in, create yourself an angle, create yourself a space for the shot. And then, look, firstly, Matt, let's not take anything away from the strike. It's, it's an exceptional strike. It, it would beat the vast majority of goalkeepers, probably in England, never mind this division. It's a you know phenomenal effort from Ben Close and shows the technical ability he had that we'd already seen and been warned about in the first half. But my gripe from this isn't the fact that it's you know, it's beating Jake Turner. I've, I've no problem with Jake Turner conceding that. It's a very difficult shot to save, of course. And sometimes you just have to give credit to, to the man striking the ball. But I, I can't get away from the fact that he's, the throws come in and he's had so much space to take the ball, travel with it, create, create the angle for himself and then take the strike. It just, especially at that point in the game as well, where you're probably looking at it and thinking, well, we've had the chance if we've not put him away. Let's at least make sure we don't lose the game. I think to give him the opportunity in that sort of space unopposed is, is really, really poor defending. And then obviously the strike itself is magnificent in itself. Yeah, no, first off, the goal is an absolute worldy fair play. You know, it's, as you said, I'm, I'm 99% of goalkeepers are not getting to that. I mean, Jake's tall and you could see he was he was reaching and it, and it went over him. Uh, and so, yeah, fair play, great goal. Uh, but he should not have even been given the chance. You know, look, I, I'm going to say something here that I wouldn't generally say, but the the defending from that throw-in was unacceptable from a Gillingham point of view. That you just you can't give a player that much time and space as soon as they've got any kind of attacking throw-in. You know, you 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 get on your players. You don't give them that much space. Um, but look, ultimately, once he's got the ball, you know, he, he's run yeah about ten yards. And and there's still no one around him, no one closing him down. Um, look, as I said, take nothing away from the goal itself. It was a fabulous strike. And, you know, obviously the one that happened last week, I don't think he meant. Obviously this one, that, that was meant and that was a great goal. But 
we should have never allowed him to have that shooting opportunity. And I, and I think Neil Neil knows it. I think he said it in his presser as well. Um, that that's something that that you, you can't do at this level. You can't give players that opportunity because you if you know all it takes is you to put your laces for it, like he's done, and there's that opportunity that you could fly in the net. And to lose to a goal like that, you know, I think if we had come back with you know a point on the road, we would have gone okay, yeah, fair enough. You know, we could have had all three, but a point is a point on the road. That's brilliant. But to lose to obviously a goal like that, when the fact that your defence have given him that much time and space in the 87th minute, that that does hurt. It does. I think especially more so because they're in the, the player that you're allowing to have that space. Some Ben Close, who was a phenomenal player, I remember specifically at Rotherham, uh, may well have been part of their team, not one promotion at Priestfield. I'm not entirely sure. I think he might have been. But I think when you when you've seen him obviously have the indirect free kick and you've seen his dead ball abilities I think that he's the last person on the pitch you want to be given the time and space to to, to pick his place if you like and you know as I said with Jake it's it's not an easy opportunity for him to save and really it's just really frustrating from my point of view Harris is obviously very uh, frustrated with that as you'd understand because it's you know it's both goals really when you look at it it's partly made by our own errors you know the back pass for the first one I'm just not and something as simple as not closing down your mouth for a second. You know, regardless of how good the strikes are, they're both very avoidable. And that's, you know, something we haven't really talked about much this season because we've been so good at keeping teams out. But even so, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be League Two centre-halves. You know, I suppose and just do the basics as as most footballers would, uh, most, most footballers and most managers would put it. Just It's all about the basics sometimes. And we didn't do that on two occasions yesterday and it cost us the game along with missing a, a hat full of chances. But, um, yeah, but that's that's the game that uh, summed up. Um, I think to, before we get on to you know the expectations and attacking approach and perhaps the need for bravery, if you like, um, I think my review for the game, I think you will probably be quite in line for this. Is I think on a balance of of the game, chances created, I think we should have won the game. Uh, people might not disagree with that. I don't know if the Doncaster fans are still in here. I'm sure they certainly wouldn't. Someone replied to us earlier saying, "Hoof, hoof, hoof! We're the worst team he's ever seen." Um, well, considering they've been bottom for the vast majority of the season, he must not have watched his own team very often, but I digress. Um, look, it was just a case of you know, Doncaster had two good chances in the game. Well, one good chance from the from the free kick. The header was a good chance saved by um, by Jake. And, you know, the second goal wasn't really a good chance per se. It's just a fantastic strike. You know, I don't know. I'm not really someone who's interested in XG, but I imagine it wouldn't have been particularly high from there. But, Again, it's a mistake. Two mistakes from us. They give them the goals, regardless of how good finishes they are, and it's a frustrating one for us. But I think we had so many chances in the game to take the lead, put a pick it back earlier, and you know we haven't even mentioned actually thinking about it now. Probably one of the worst pieces of the game. Actually, I didn't even think about this. It just came to my head. But the header in, with more or less the last action of the game from Ogie back post about a yard out, he's managed to head it down and, and wide from an impossible position, really. I've looked back at it and I think he's a centre-half, you know, benefit of the doubt. And Shad's been brilliant for us for season, so I won't dig him out really over it, but it's, it's another opportunity where you, you simply have to score. You really do. He hasn't done it and, you know, we, we've lost the game. But my my opinion is we've created enough chances to win the game. We didn't win the game. That is what it is, but it's just something we do need to work on. We do need to put our chances away. We've been saying this for a while this season and, we are still second, so I'm not going to go over the top about it, but it's it's a really disappointing result considering the chances created and you know what could and should have been if we'd put them away, Matt. Yeah, look, absolutely. I, look, I, before, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, I think I've got your uh, your cold all of a sudden. Don't know. I've managed to catch it. Um, look, for me, if we before the game away from home, I'd always be happy with the point and, you know, before that, that world of a goal, um, you know, I, yes, we had had all the chances. I thought we had the, the, the best chances of, of the game, uh, but had, had it come uh, full-time, it had been one all, I would have thought, yeah, that was a point well earned on the road. Um, I actually, obviously after that worldie, after sort of sleeping on it last night, I'm waking up this morning to me, I actually now think of it more as, I think that's three points dropped. I do. I do generally think that's three points dropped because we had the chances. We just didn't convert them. But that's sort of at the end of the day. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're wiped the slate clean. We're 
forget this game, we'll move on. There's always the next game. Um, obviously, we're at home next week. So, come on, let, let's get back to winning ways at home. Let's get a good game, a, a good crowd at, uh, at the stadium. We'll have hopefully Lapsley back. Williams will be back. You never know, we might have Jeffries on the bench, which will be a great another boost for us. Um, you know, I think these are players that we are that are lacking in that final third. And I think once everyone's back, you know, once everyone's fit and firing, I think our junior team will still be up there at the end of the season. Yeah, I think we certainly will be. I think, I think the most disappointing thing is a game you, we just should never lose. But that's football sometimes, I suppose. Um, yeah, let's get into to a couple of things before we head off because my voice is draining. Um, one thing I did want to talk about is you know, people were a bit frustrated with the team yesterday. As I said at the start, I, I got why the team was what it was because it is, you know, needs must. If you haven't got Johnny Williams or um, George Lapsley to play the 10, I think we're probably better suited doing what we did because I know Jaden Clark can play there if you like, but at the same time, that leaves you've just Ashley Addison really offensively on the bench and that's really your only options. Alternative, if I was going to start Jaden, I probably would have gone with a four-two-three-one and put Nico in the ten, and then Jaden and caught up wide with with McCauley through the middle. But it was what it was. We didn't get that, and you know Jaden was brought on a bit late, in my opinion. I think if we made that change earlier on, we could have forced the issue, but it, it wasn't to be. And I suppose, I suppose the question is from all this match: Do you think Harris needs to be a bit braver in games and make these attacking substitutions early, or go with a bit more of a attacking setup? Although yesterday, I do think it was. Yeah, you could say in hindsight it wasn't, but I think at the time it probably was the right team to put out. Or do you think it's just a case of maybe we are just a bit too defensive on the road and that needs to change? I, I, I do think uh, Harry should have brought Clark on uh, sort of about 10 minutes or so earlier. Um, and I, I think there are times when away from home, Harris will be a little bit cautious. You, you know, obviously he's probably thinking at the time, you know, one all point away from home, and that's this is probably quite a good result if we can get this. The problem is if that's he's thinking that in the middle of the game, that's that's not what you want to be thinking. You want your manager to be thinking about winning the game at, at every possibility. Um, I, 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 there are times, yes, previously when I think Neil Harris would delay, 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 delay making any subs, but then when you looked at our sub bench, you'd understand why. At the moment, I think we've got the quality on the bench and don't be afraid to change it. Look, whether you need to make a change in the 30th minute or the 60th minute, make a change. Get it done sooner. Yeah, I think being proactive more than reactive is probably the way I'd look at it sometimes. But, you know, it is what it is. And I think this next month will be really important for us to see where we are and etc. Because I think it's going to be a real challenge and a real test of character against some of the teams we're playing now. Man, starting with Mansfield next week, I think we have not sure in what order, but MK Dons, uh, not in not in Forest, that'd be nice. Um, Notts County, uh, Swindon, I think, in there as well. And the next one we go on to Wrexham and things like that. So, yeah, the one thing I would say is that we haven't really played a team who you'd expect to be up there per se. So I think we haven't really had that big test yet. I know we have played Stockport, but I think that the Stockport team you see as of probably yesterday and maybe a week or so before to the rest of the season is a lot different to the Stockport team we played at the start of the campaign. It wasn't an easy game, not by any stretch, but they were so, settled. The Stops, yes. As I say, Stockport never start the season well, though. They, they're, they're always late, late bloomers. No, they don't. That's why um, I don't really include them in terms of playing teams you expect to be up there, because I don't think we, we saw the Stockport team that are going to be up there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think, you know, if you, to, 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 for anyone, you know, who went to the Stockport game, you're not going to see, see the real Stockport until we play them at Priestfield. That's really going to be... Yeah, they're always like bloomers, but I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, I always think Neil Harris's teams, they really come good in the second half of the season. At the moment, things aren't necessarily clicking 100%. I just think, you know, I've got to say, because I've I, everyone's, I'm sure, read all the comments of, oh, Harris out and all this, but how can you say that? We're second in the league. You know, we're, we're second in the league. Doncaster, I thought, played well yesterday at the end of the day. They they scored two good goals. You know, it's it's not like we were poor. We played well. We created chances. Um, we're going to be there or thereabouts. But 
these teams, these t- big games that we have got coming up, I think this is going to be a real test for for Neil Harris. And um, I, I, look, I hope, as you said a minute ago, let's hope he's going to be proactive and not reactive because I think against teams like Notts County, against teams like MK Dons, it's about being on the front foot. It's about going at them. It's about not letting them settle, even if it's away from home. Um, and if we can do that, you know, come Christmas, we'll still be up in the top end of, of the division. But if we don't do that, if if he starts becoming too reactive, this is when we're going to start losing games and, and start dropping slowly slowly down the league. And that's not something as Jules fans we want to see at the moment. No, it isn't. And I think something that is important to remember, you know, with all these games coming up against the teams you expect to be up there, it is key to point out that we did have a very good record against those teams at the back end of last season. You know, we beat the likes of Carlisle, who went up. Orient, who obviously won the title. Um, uh, Stockport, of course, we drew to. Nearly, 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 nearly won it, but didn't quite go over the line. We, we did prove to be a good side uh, in those games towards the end of last season. We have better players now as well. When uh, the two missing yesterday in terms of Lapsy and Williams are set to be back next week. Jeffries may well be back next week as well, which is good. And then it only really leaves Dieng, who's probably going to be missing for probably two to three weeks more, I would suspect, if we're going by the timeline. And unfortunately, with, with Ollie Hawkins, it really is just anyone's guess at this point, but I wouldn't expect to see him uh, at this point. I'd be surprised if we saw him before Christmas. You know, after that, who knows? Um, Lewis Walker probably looks like he's going to be sent out on loan to the National League, which is... Anyway. Um, heart, heart, yeah. Heartbreaking for you, isn't it, though, to hear yeah. that? It's a tough one, really. Tough one to take. Um, but regardless... Um, it would be good to see us against Mansfield next week, put on a strong performance and get a strong win to show that we aren't just a flash in the pan who can only do it narrowly, you can only do it against lesser teams, if you like. And that we are there to stay, which I think we will be. But, you know, we'll see you next week. Um, yeah, that will wrap it up. We do have something that may be coming out before Thursday um, on our YouTube. So, um, yeah, keep tabs for that. I cannot say anything about it, but that's that um hopefully it'll be announced um after it's done but yeah matt you know you know what it is but obviously i can't say what it is but you can be in the nature of knowing what it is whilst everyone else doesn't well well as i say i I, there is something i can say to do with youtube that obviously tomorrow morning the uh, me7 breakfast show will be coming out so if you've got any comments or questions please put them on the page ding them over to us and i'll get straight on them for you guys uh, the other thing, though, yeah, I won't talk about that. Uh, I'm... But the other thing is is a very exciting thing. We will say that. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 extremely excited. Um, for for the, for the, for, the, for those of you that know me, that I'm you know that I'm a massive Jules fan, I'm extremely excited. Yeah, we hopefully bring that to you soon. Um, I'm going to leave this space now and hop on to another one to talk about everything I've talked about all over again. So, um, but with the added luxury of doing it with Doncaster fans, that'll be very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, until next time, uh, up the chills. Good night. <laughs>